0: It'll be worse I see, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? History you think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts!
1: Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Kimberly Smith. Now, Kimberly is the author of an amazing book that has just come out recently called The Passport Through Darkness. Uh, Kimberly was an average American churchgoer, wife and mother, until she dared to ask God what his dreams were for her life. She's traveled around the world and deep into the darkness of her own heart. And Kimberly's worst fears collided with her faith as she and her family discovered the atrocities of human trafficking. But it was in that broken place that a self-centered life was transformed into an international effort to save thousands from modern slavery, persecution, disease and genocide. It's a blessing to have her on the line from the States at the moment. Kimberly Smith, how are you?
0: I'm great Matt, it's great to be here with you, at least on the phone
1: <laughs> It's great to connect with you, I understand you're coming out to Australia uh, to share your story in April this year You're going to be in Victoria and New South Wales And there may be an opportunity for people to book you to come and speak at an event at a church or any organisation in Australia when you're out here We'll talk about that a bit later, but tell us a bit about your story What's your testimony, uh, where were you raised and how did you come to Christ?
0: Well, you've summed up some good points about my life already. You did a great job there. Um, I was in corporate America. I was a Christian already. Um, I was climbing the corporate ladder, and um, my husband was a minister, and so we were very involved in our church, very active in raising our kids uh, in the church, and I thought, you know, we were on track. We were doing a pretty good job with our faith and with our family, but something inside me just began to really just gnaw at me that I I was doing all sort of my checklist Christianity and I I knew I was doing what, was purported to be good works and good Christianity, but there was still some sort of emptiness in me, and I just started really grappling with that, and I started asking God, what's that about? And the more I asked, the hungrier, and the more dissatisfied I became, until finally uh, through a sort of, oh... Some people would call it a vision, but um, really just a mental movie, God began to show me the emptiness in my life because everything that I was doing, I was really doing out of obligation. I was really doing because I thought that's what being a good Christian meant, but I had never really asked him, God, what is your unique dream for me? Not just rote Christianity or not just checking off good works like a box, filling in a box, but... What did you specifically create me to do? What's my unique role in the kingdom? And when I began to ask that question of him, that's where he met me and showed me a whole new way of faith.
1: Now, you tackle a subject that is very dear to my heart, uh, you know, the fight to end human trafficking uh, in the darkest corners of the world. And, uh, you know, in the last few years, I've been on trips to Cambodia and Thailand and worked with a group called Destiny Rescue, who, who rescues children. Uh, who have been uh, trafficked into these horrible brothels and horrible lifestyle circumstances, and they're trying to give these kids hope. They're trying to give them a trade and you know, some employment so they can you know, turn their scars into stars and do something with their life. Um, yeah. How did you first... Uh, discover how much injustice And, and, uh, and, and how you could actually uh, Do something about human trafficking How did you stumble across that?
0: Well it really did start with that question The beginning point was by asking God What is the unique dream for me? I'm tired of just living um, Christianity By what appears to be good I'm hungry for more of you God What breaks your heart? Where Where does my life need to meet with that? And it was through that that uh, the Lord led my husband and me and our two children uh, to the Iberian Peninsula, and we were missionaries. But even then, we were we were involved in a student ministry. My husband and I were leading a, a university student ministry. We weren't involved in any sort of real injustice like this. But it was through that time in the Iberian Peninsula that our family started just a little street ministry on the side, and it was through that ministry that we stumbled upon a brothel full of 19 African immigrant children, and all of these children were being forced into child prostitution and pornography. And So the people running this brothel were really making money on the kids in multiple ways. Not only were they forcing them into sexual activity, but they were f- filming that so that they could sell it on the Internet as well. And it was those children that just called our family into being very proactive in this. And so we did, and we did fight to get that brothel busted. But the problem is the government was very complicit in what was happening to those children and, in fact, profited by much of this activity. And so it was a much more uh, horrendous and costly fight than what we had anticipated. And I tell about that uh, a little bit in my book, Passport Through Darkness, but it was also through that journey that the Lord... Uh, called My Husband and Me, his name is Milton, and Milton and I formed an organization called Make Way Partners, and you can find us on the web, makewaypartners.org. It's that organization, then, that the Lord birthed through us in order to fight human trafficking in some of the worst places on the planet.
1: So how do people get involved with Make Way Partners if they want to support or volunteer? You know, what, what do they do to get involved?
0: Well, the first thing that folks need to know is that we're not your um, run-of-the-mill sort of human trafficking operation. The Lord really put a unique call on us to go where women and children are at most risk, number one, and number two, where no one else is working to help them because those are certainly the most vulnerable people on the planet where they're at most risk and no one else is working. And so we don't go to places where people most commonly think of um, that comes to your mind first we, uh, about human trafficking or that they want to go on a mission trip even. Uh, because that combination usually ends up taking us to war zones. Um, for example, our largest operation is in Sudan, Africa, where warlords and slave raiders have preyed upon women and children for the last five decades. Um, to get involved with that, you can check out our website. We do do mission trips regularly. Um, of course, we're run by donations or child sponsorships. You can literally rescue a child from a slave raider and put them in a loving home environment through our child sponsorship program, and all of that's talked about on our website, makewaypartners.org. Another great tool is to to invite me, host me uh, in your church or at your organization so that you can just begin to hear more of the stories and how convoluted all of this is and how you can get involved. That's part of the point of this interview. As you said earlier, I will be coming to Australia in April and we already have a couple of uh, host locations. Um, you can find those locations on my website which is kimberlylsmith.com. Um, but you can certainly, Australia is a huge country and so we're certainly open for other groups that would like to host and learn more about um, our organization. Or what God's unique dream for you is. One of the things that I'll be doing is leading retreats throughout Australia called Our Father's Dream Retreat. And this retreat is a 48-hour interactive retreat designed specifically to help each and every person discern what is that unique dream that God had for you as He knit you in your mother's womb.
1: I love the idea of this uh, Our Father's Dream Retreat. So what do people do on the Dream Retreat?
0: Well, like I said, it's very interactive. It's not, I don't stand and lecture for 48 hours. We have a lot of very unique um, exercises and reflective times, as well as trying to discover what it is that blocks us from even knowing what God's unique dream for us is. Most of us aren't taught that in church. You know, we're taught these are the good things that you do to be a proper Christian, but we don't really break it down to the specific thing. What, what did God create me to do? What is my unique role in the kingdom that if I don't fill, no one else will? And so the dream retreat is um, designed to help us find what it is that keep us blocked from even asking that question or hearing god speak to our lives about that and then moving to closer towards that dream, discovering what that dream is.
1: Well, we're talking with Kimberly L. Smith, author of the book Passport Through Darkness, and uh, just notice on the website uh, you can actually download a free chapter of the book if people would like to get their hands on that and uh, here uh, you know have a read through some of her story. And now this organisation, Kimberly uh, Make Way Partners. Uh, I noticed on the website there's a story about a young girl named Teresa. And now we can talk about uh, sex slavery and sex trafficking and and all this, uh, you know, on a large scale. But when you hear a story like Teresa's, it really breaks your heart uh, and also gives you hope about how someone can actually be rescued. Do you just want to share with us briefly uh, Teresa's story?
0: Yes. Uh Teresa Nebel was a little girl that uh we had already started a school in Darfur actually. This was in the height of the Darfur crisis uh several years ago. Um, we had a school at that time, but we didn't yet have an orphanage. And Teresa was a little girl about ten years old who a little orphan who was coming to our school during the daytime, but because she was an orphan, she didn't have uh, a proper home or family uh to live with. And aunt had had allowed her to stay with her, would allow her to sleep with her, but because everyone in Sudan is extremely poor and the aunt was a widow herself, would force Teresa to go out and try to find food or water after school. She had many, just such a harsh life. And one day when Teresa came home from school, the aunt told her that um, she, because she had five children herself and she couldn't keep Feeding Tadesa, she told Tadesa that she had made arrangements for her with a Muslim man that would come through and buy a young woman, and that although she was only ten, Tadesa was going to go with this man because the aunt had arranged to sell her, and she was going to become his bride, which basically meant sex slave, and and he would take her into North Sudan. And Teresa was just so terrified, she started screaming and saying, no, 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 I won't go. Teresa didn't know exactly what sex was, but she had seen her mother raped to death, and so she knew that this was not going to be a good life. Teresa's aunt grew very violent and stripped her of her clothes and burned her clothes in front of her, afraid that Teresa would run away during the night so that she didn't have to go with the Muslim man in the morning. But today's Nabel was so um, scared, one, but also knew that she could find help and hope at our school and the leader of our school, James Luwala Tak. And so she ran naked during the evening one night. I was sitting on the compound and all of a sudden this naked little girl comes running through the fence into our compound and crying out her story and so although we didn't have an orphanage yet and a proper place to take her I had a tent. I was just there sleeping in a tent at the time. We didn't have proper buildings yet but we brought Teresa in and I put her into my tent. That was a number of years ago but because of that and through the years eventually we did build an orphanage and now we have 600 beautiful children in that the yeah. Uh, orphanage who have been rescued through the years on nearly 100 acres but because of that opportunity and because James Lualataka our indigenous leader was there making a difference day in and day out Teresa and 600 other children through our child sponsorship program now are free from slavery and have a safe and loving environment to live in and sleep in um, not only receive an education.
1: Wow when you read a story like Teresa's and you just hear you share Hearing it on the radio, it just brings it into reality. This little girl has had her life transformed uh, by the work that you do, and hundreds and hundreds of others uh, have been impacted, and thousands, I'm, I'm sure. Well, it's been great to uh, have you with us on the line today, Kimberly. And uh, uh, if people want to book you uh, to speak at an event, uh, you're out in Australia in April. Uh, You're already speaking somewhere in Victoria, somewhere in New South Wales, but you're available for the whole month. Is that right?
0: That is absolutely correct. And the best thing to do is to go to my website, KimberlyLSmith.com or MakewayPartners.org and get a little more information and you can download a speaker request form.
1: Well, God bless you, Kimberly. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: Thank you, Matt. Enjoyed it greatly. God bless.
1: Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History
0: Makers